Welcome back to season two of the Ivy League Prep Academy podcast, equipping you to successfully pursue the college of your dreams. We believe everyone deserves to reach their full potential and the admissions process shouldn't hold you back. Welcome back to the Ivy League Prep Academy podcast. Today is one of my favorite opportunities we get to interview a student who has completed the Ivy League challenge and is in the middle of a very exciting impact project. I'm talking about Nalambara Pradhan, and today we get to talk about what life was like before and during and after the Ivy League Challenge, just to get people to, to understand a little bit more about what that's like. But then we'll spend some time discussing her impact project, which is so impressive and so exciting. It really opens up, I guess, parents' and teachers' eyes around what's possible from a teenager's perspective. And so uh, we'll, we'll call her Neela in the program here. Neela, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. I am so excited to have you. Could we just start off by maybe explaining or sharing with the audience what issues or or what problem were you facing before you discovered the Ivy League Challenge? Okay, so as I was entering high school, I knew that I had to start thinking about college. So, you know, I started doing some research on my own, starting with some of my dream colleges. Um, the college's websites weren't that useful because all of them said the same things, that they need passionate, driven students who are also academically good and so on. Yeah. Um, then I found a rather interesting trend where, you know, kids who get admitted to these colleges publish videos that talk about their applications. So what I found really odd when I was looking at these videos was that I couldn't tell them apart. They were essentially just the same person. Everyone bragged about their SAT and ACD scores how many AP courses they took, how many science and math Olympias they cracked, and a near impossible number of extracurricular activities. And somehow they could all play sports, instruments, do a ton of social work, and all of this in a day's work. (laughs) Um, So when I tried to imagine myself in these campuses, it almost felt like a dystopia because everyone has this robotic level of perfection and everyone is almost the same. In fact, I even wondered if I wanted to go to a top college, if everyone there is just the same person, everyone fits this profile. So this was about the time I discovered the Ivy League challenge. And I think that some of the messaging um, of the challenge seemed to resonate with me because it seemed pretty different from what I was finding on my own. And there was a lot more focus on doubling down on someone's unique strengths and passions. And you know how colleges value that a lot more. So, you know, I was naturally inclined to join and learn more. Wow. Wow. So you you were among the group, and there there are other high school students that are like this. You're, you're not alone, obviously, in that you cared a lot about college, and you tried to figure it out. You had to, tried to kind of crack the code. But the more you tried, it sounds like the more it just felt like there was no code to crack. It just, you just had to be Superman. Yeah. Yeah, that essentially. So, so what did the? I mean, was that frustrating to to? What did the frustration feel like as as you tried to overcome that? I mean, that must have been daunting. Yeah, well, I'd always imagined that college education would amplify my unique strength and passion, and it would eventually help me make an impact based on those strengths and passions I demonstrate. But, you know, here I was thinking that it was almost impossible to get into a top college if everyone is held to an unrealistic standard of just being an expert at everything, even before before they started college. 
right? So that was really my frustration because I knew I wanted to be at a top college and learn from, you know, great faculty. But based on the information I had, it seemed almost unreachable. So it was just that frustration. Yeah. Wow. I'm sure so many people listening in can relate. It it feels like, you know, if you really have that ambition to go do something special and, and get into a good college somewhere, then it can feel overwhelming because you don't know mm. you don't know how to do everything that you think must be done. Let me just ask you, having finished the Ivy League Challenge, so you were, just so that the listeners kind of catch this timeline, you were in the cohort that began in June of last year, and then um, and then you finished, I guess you that was right after your, your freshman year. So grade nine finishes, and then as soon as summer vacation begins, you started, and then you finished the Ivy League Challenge a few weeks into the beginning of your sophomore year. So having finished the Ivy League Challenge now for several months, what would you say is different now? Um, Well, I would say that the biggest difference has been an understanding of what top colleges are really looking for and getting the tools I need to demonstrate that I'm a good fit to them. So I realized that it's not only about top grades and Olympiads and extracurriculars. I mean, those are obviously important, but at the same time, they're really looking for motivated and deeply engaged students. So basically students who enrich others, who take full advantage of opportunities that are made available to them. Um, and I realized that I could do a lot more with focus and rather than spreading myself thin. Um, so the Ivy League Challenge also gave me a set of tools that helped me develop and bring out these attributes while also balancing time management, health, and nutrition, and above all, mental health. You know, given the challenges of balancing your college readiness with the demands of high school. Yeah, I think that's fascinating. So you said that you feel like now what these colleges are actually looking for are are people who, who take advantage, are more resourceful, I guess, take advantage of the opportunities that are in front of them. Um, we'll talk about your impact project soon. But I would I would say that you were not taking advantage of opportunities that already existed. You decided to go out and create opportunities that no one had even dreamed of before. And so I think that that's that's fascinating. But I, I love how you've kind of tied all of this together. It's it's not you know how much have you uh, how much can you fit on a resume? It's how resourceful have you been with with what you have in front of you. Um, and anyway, thank you for, for summarizing that up. So uh, can you take us maybe to a moment in time or, or take us to the moment when you realized that the Ivy League challenge w- was actually working to solve that frustration that you felt or, or solve that, your problem there? Um, so the biggest realization came when my personal project or my impact project really started to come to life. Um, you know, as you said, uh, when I started applying some of the tools I was learning at the Ivy League challenge. Uh, so my impact project relied a lot on, you know, collaboration, advocacy, and sponsorship from various seniors, leaders from my school. Um, this was a huge area of personal development for me, and I was more of an individual performer for most of my school life, so a lot of this didn't come very naturally to me. Um, and at the Ivy League Challenge, we learned a lot about personal advocacy, like the journalism unit, and collaboration with professors and potential research advisors in college. And we looked at techniques to craft compelling communications that articulate our strengths or, you know, the strengths of our ideas to admission officers, faculty, and people who give us recommendation letters, for example. 
Some of these tools gave me a lot of necessary confidence and clarity on how to reach out and follow through for support. Um, and this proved to be of tremendous value in securing support for my impact project. And I also realized how important it was to focus sharply on one big thing that demonstrates my passion and capabilities rather than spreading myself extremely thin. Mm-hmm. So for you, it was when you had to step outside of your comfort zone, right? You're used to working very, very hard on your own, but then to really bring your impact project to life, you had to collaborate with with senior leaders in the school district, with teachers, with professors, with with real experts out in the real world. And, and that stretched you outside of what was comfortable. And you felt like that was when you knew that this was this was really something that was working in your life? Yes. Um, yeah. I love that. I love that. All right. So what, is, what does life look like now? Now that you've been through the program, here you are on the other side, what does life look like for you? Um, well, I believe I'm able to prioritize and utilize my time much better. So, for example, I started putting much more intensity and importance to my impact project while I was simultaneously letting go of activities that didn't add any value um, to, like, my college application. Yeah. And I've also started paying a lot more attention to my health and nutrition, which I realized it was really important to sustain the demanding schedule that leads up to college. Um, And most of all, I started focusing a lot more on my mental health, which is something I believe all of us can ignore easily, but it can have a huge negative impact in high school. So it basically allows me to balance out the demands of high school and academics along with the other things I must do to stand out. Um, I also believe that the Ivy League Challenge helped me become a lot more collaborative and better at networking and in getting the support I needed from faculty, experts, and from my peers. Amazing. So let's dive in. I mean, I'm sure that everyone listening in is just as excited as I am. I haven't even had an update on your on your impact project for a few weeks now. So could you describe for everyone what your impact project is? Just, just describe it for us. Okay, so my impact project is called Atoms to Mountains. Essentially, it's a digital fundraising platform that enables individual students to make a real difference in the world. Um, and this is by making micro contributions to a fund and using just change from their daily lunch bill. So you can think of these small contributions as atoms and the big funds we're trying to gather to support a cause as a mountain. So that's where the name comes from. Uh, my project is connected to Malala.org, which is a global foundation created by Malala Yousafzai, um, so, which supports girls' education in around eight countries. Um, the funds go to this cause, which is what I'm deeply passionate about. Yeah, unbelievable. Um, so, yeah, keep going. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I built this platform in the form of a mobile app, which was hosted on Google Cloud, and it's available to any school, um, to any student anywhere in the world. Amazing. Amazing. And I I just happen to know, uh, obviously, I know a lot about a lot of my students' impact projects, but for yours, I remember kind of at the beginning stages, I reached out to one of my classmates at Harvard, who now is the the chief technology officer at a, at a major telecom company in the United States. And that was just the first of several meetings with you and, and professionals that are kind of at the top of, of the food yeah. chain in, in, tech, in the tech world, right? 
And so when you say that you've collaborated and you've, you've built it so that it can scale around the world, we're talking about it truly is uh, an app that can scale worldwide. It's built um, and, and has kind of that, uh, the support and the, the brilliant minds of, of some of the top technology experts in, in the world. Yeah. Which is amazing. Yeah. So that helped me a lot. What's that? Um, that helped me a lot like understanding um, how my app should be built and what I should add now and all the regulations. Yeah, fantastic. Well, and that's like you said, right? That's part of the, the, the process of doing it right. You, you, you don't reach out to experts looking for an opportunity. You reach out when you have questions to ask and you have specific needs that can be filled. And experts can recognize when someone has, has done some work and they just need some help versus someone else who's looking for um, a quote-unquote opportunity, right? Um, all right, so how did you come yeah. up with this idea? Tell us kind of the backstory. Okay, so the idea for this project came from personal experiences because I lived uh, in India for many years uh, before moving to Singapore. Um, during this time, I saw firsthand how access to education could make a world of difference to individuals who aren't born in the middle class or better. I also realized how painfully inequitable access to education was for boys and mostly for girls. This experience came from observing the family of my household help. Her daughter, who did extremely well in primary school, was about to drop out of school when her family could only afford to send one child to school, and they chose their son. Um, I realized that this would essentially seal the fate of the girl to follow in the footsteps of her mother, and she would never be able to truly fulfill her potential. Um, I could also see how this could prevent entire communities from rising out of poverty. Um, at the time, my parents intervened and offered financial assistance to allow the girl to continue school, but the experience stayed with me as I grew and you know, eventually moved to Singapore. So early on, I decided that my project would focus on education for underprivileged girls. So in grade nine, you know, Mr. Gardner, we were given an opportunity in our INS class uh, to develop a business idea for an entrepreneurial venture. Um, and this is where I first came up with my idea of creating a digital platform for students all over the world that would create a large fund built from small micro contributions. Um, I did the math and I figured out that even if just the schools in Singapore participated, I could raise close to $5 million in a school year. So this is how Adams to Mountains was born, essentially. I mean, it is so inspiring. I, I, can't, I can't even express. You, you recognized that there's a real problem in the real world that violated your core values, and it touched you deeply, right? And so it's not like this is a, I don't know, a, a project that has a deadline that you need, to, you need to turn in for the teacher. You're doing this to solve a real problem in the real world. Yes. Wow. I mean, that is so inspiring. Tell us how someone who's listening in and wants to get in touch with you could contribute or potentially partner with you. How might someone do that if they wanted to? Um, well, if anyone would like to get in touch with me, they could either go on to adamstomountains.org or send me an email at spneela002 at gmail.com. So I will be happy to work with you to launch the platform at your school or at your organization if you'd like to work together. I can just imagine. I mean, it's such a powerful idea. 
And any high school student out there, um, a lot, most of my listeners are high school students, and the rest are, are parents, teachers, and, and college counselors, right? So um, people who work with teens or teens, those of you who are listening in directly and trying to think about how you can make an impact if you care about, my goodness, underprivileged doesn't even quite account for how difficult the situation is, right? But for you to be able to say, look, I found a solution, I've created this solution, and now if someone else wants to benefit from all the work that you've done, you could work together and, and connect that um, and, and, and work together, right? To, to help them help, uh, help these girls and help these women. Yep. Yeah. Amazing. Um, yeah, actually, as of today, I'm happy to say that the project is under consideration to launch officially, um, not just in my school, but in all schools run by. So I'm meeting with them. Wow. I think after spring break. Um, and some of the faculty at my school also asked me if my platform could be repurposed for other causes, such as Earth Day and World Book Day. So, yeah, that was pretty and unexpected. It just so happens but, that it can. Yeah. That is amazing. Absolutely amazing. Well, Neela, what advice do you have for someone who's listening in and, say, considering joining the Ivy League Challenge? Maybe they've been listening to my podcast. Maybe they've read about the things that I've written online. But someone who's considering this program, do you have any advice or, or any, any words for, for those listeners? Um, so I think my advice would be on two fronts. So one from the perspective of your college application and the other one, which is a bit more personal. So first, I think it's very important for all of us to correct our perceptions of what exactly top colleges are looking for and be empowered with a set of tools that can help us develop and showcase our unique strengths you know, and our passions to our dream colleges. So for that, I think the Ivy League Challenge is a really great program. Um, second, I think you may not realize this, but we may not realize how much of our mental and physical health we may be compromising in the long road from high school to college. Um, I think that the Ivy League Challenge is unique in focusing on these aspects in addition to just supporting your application process. So, you know, I can watch for the effectiveness of the program, you know, having gone through it for around two cohorts, and I would really encourage you to do the same. Neela, I can't thank you enough. I think it's it's just really helpful for people to hear from the student and to hear what it's like from your perspective. And from the bottom of my heart, I'm I'm so uh, grateful to you, but also just beaming with pride and joy over the difference that you are making on this planet. The truth is, you are solving a real problem in the real world. And I don't know if I can say this in a way that really gets across how I feel, but I just feel tremendous pride uh, on your behalf that, that here you are being courageous and being brave and stepping outside of your comfort zone so that you can solve this problem that violates your core values. And I think that's beautiful, and I honor you, and I'm so grateful for you. Thank you for joining the podcast today and allowing other people to hear about your story and hear your experience. Thank you so much for having me. I really like this. Music for this episode came from We Are Here by Declare P. I'm Steve Gardner. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and share with a friend. Thanks for listening.